Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. Good evening, Fusion. Man, are you guys happy to be in the presence of God today? Man, that worship experience. Ah, when the Bible says when two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, he is here in the midst of us. And I firmly believe that. I don't know who else believes that, but I firmly believe that. And when we have the opportunity to worship him, genuinely, he responds. And I don't know who can sense his presence today, but I sense his presence very, very strongly. And I think that it's very um, appropriate because we're actually going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And so as we're talking about the presence of God, the presence of God is his Holy Spirit. And we're going into a series about the Holy Spirit for the next month. Uh, And I'm really excited about it because You know, I've heard it said many times that the most important message to the unbeliever is Jesus Christ. But the most important message to the believer is the Holy Spirit. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the most important person in the universe to you. He is the most important person that you need to know. And so do me a favor here. Um, or do some other people a favor. I really think this is going to be transform, transformative and life-changing for a lot of people. Tonight, we had a little glitch in our registration system. I don't know if you guys noticed, but it said that it was sold out like way before it was supposed to be. And I know that there are a lot of people who weren't able to attend. And so I still believe that a lot of us need to hear this message. And so if you guys We'll jump on, I don't know if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube, uh, but if you'll just send the message to somebody that you know that you believe needs to hear um, a word tonight from God about having an authentic relationship with him, then I would highly encourage you to do that. I think that's going to bless somebody. Um, And so, yes, I invite you to jump on, either share the Facebook live on your feed or text the YouTube link to somebody. Cool? Y'all doing all right? I know it's a little heavy. I know it's a little heavy. We just worshiped for like an hour (laughs) and it was really, really good, man. I really do believe that God is doing a work in us right now. I believe that he wanted to do something specific tonight. There's a lot going on. Does anybody have a lot on their mind? Few people. Everybody else is good. Y'all want to be silent tonight, huh? What about online? How y'all doing? Y'all are louder than everybody in here. It's been a long week. It's been a long week. It's a lot going on. Whole lot going on, right? Is anybody emotionally drained? A little emotionally tapped out? Okay. Who's been watching the trial? Okay, some of us. Who's, who's feeling a little drained from everything surrounding the trial of Derek Chauvin? Okay. Some of us are feeling a little tapped out, a little emotionally drained. I feel that. Who's just had a long week in some other ways? Okay, I feel that. Okay, 
Okay. Tired. Okay. I feel it. I'm trying to get a little temperature right now, see where you guys are at. Um, man, I just thought that it was interesting. I've been praying a lot about what we're talking about tonight, and I feel like God's been revealing this to me in a different way. And no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're focused on, no matter what your feeling is pulling on you, you having access to God himself is the biggest deal in the world. A lot of us will feel tapped out, we'll feel drained from whether it's work, whether it's family issues like uh, Carl was talking about, whether it's relational tensions, maybe relationships, maybe breakups, you know, maybe it's marital tensions, maybe it's fiance tensions, maybe it's the tension of being single. We're all experiencing tensions in some type of way. And here's what I know. This is why I said the most important message to the believer is the Holy Spirit. He truly is the key that we're looking for. A lot of times we'll look for uh, a way to get refilled and refueled and refreshed and, and get that sense of peace that we're looking for. We'll look for it in all these different places. And I know that the message can tend to be the same, that what you're looking for is in God, but the message is the same because it's always true. The message is the same because it's always true. Nothing on earth will satisfy you, whether it's a verdict. Come on. It's not, it's not going to take all the anxiety away in your life. It's not going to give you the peace that you're looking for in your life. Peace comes from the God who is peace. And the reason that we're talking about the Holy Spirit tonight, um, I believe, is because God really, 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 really wants us to understand who he is and how he wants to engage with us. How many of us want to engage and interact with God more? Don't you wish you could just hear God a little clearer? Don't you wish you could sense his presence just a little bit more? No matter where you are, I find myself constantly in that space of no matter how much I grow with God, no matter how much I hear him, I always want to hear him more. I always feel like there's more. I always want to hear him more clearly. Even if I feel like he spoke to me clearly yesterday, what about today? Same? Okay. Well, I believe that God really does want us to continue to experience more and more of him, but it happens through his Holy Spirit. And we did a series on this uh, back in like summer, early fall of 2019. I would highly suggest that you go check that out as well. It started in August of 2019. It was just called Holy Spirit. Um, and I did a series of teachings on the Holy Spirit. And I want to do just a quick refresher of, of how I opened that series, talking about some foundational principles of the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, we will never have the relationship with God that Jesus died for us to have. I don't know if you understand how important that is, but man, when you receive Jesus, you receive Jesus so that you can get the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's news to some of us, but Jesus promised the Holy Spirit when, the, when John the Baptist was going around preaching before Jesus started his ministry, before anybody knew who he was, John the Baptist was the man. 
And he was the preacher in town. He was the one people were going out into the wilderness just to hear him preach and to be baptized by him. And he said, there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That was always the end goal. But a lot of us as as Christians have missed this, that Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And for some of us, that just goes right over our head. It's not even a big deal, but it's the hugest deal in the world. In fact, Job, uh, how many of you guys have heard of Job? Yeah, Job. In uh, chapter 33, verse four, he says, the spirit of God has made me the breath of the almighty gives me life. He saw the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit as the source of his life. And Jesus confirms this in John 6, 63. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But so many of us go throughout our time, we go throughout our lives, we go throughout our day, not not really acknowledging or understanding the importance of the Holy Spirit like we should and like I believe that God desires us to. And so I want to give that just quick overview. One of the things, a few of the things that I talked about last time uh, we did this series, I, I mentioned that the Holy Spirit is a person, He's not just a power or an influence. We don't refer to the Holy Spirit as an it because he's not an inanimate object, but he is a person. Uh, We believe in the Trinity, right? God in three persons. And for many of us, that's difficult to understand. For everyone, it's difficult to understand because we can't put God in a box. And we can liken it to certain things, just like God compares himself to certain things that we understand. But none of us can fully understand who God is. But we can grasp certain aspects of him. So what we do know is that God, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are co-eternal. They have all been around for the same amount of time. They are equal in power, but they are distinct in their personhood. And so uh, one of the things that I quoted was the Athanasian Creed, which, which describes some of our beliefs, which is that We believe in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We don't blend their persons, right? But we also don't separate their essence. They are all God. And so they are of the same essence. Some people have compared it to like water taking three forms, right? You have solid, liquid, and gas. So you have vapor, you have water, you have ice, right? All the same essence, but different forms. Now, God can't be compared to water. He created water. But it's just a it's it's a it's a way that he's woven himself into nature to give pictures of who he is and to help us kind of grasp this concept of who he is. But this idea of a co-eternal Godhead, three persons of the same essence is is too grand for us to understand. But it's very important that we do understand that he is a person because a person you can have relationship with. And this is, the, this is the drum we have to keep beating when it comes to Christianity because Christianity is not just another religion. And so we can't treat Christianity as a religion. It's a waste of time. If you just conform to maybe the moral standards of Christianity, but you miss the necessity for relationship with Christ, you've wasted your time. 
Because our attempts at meeting the moral standard of Christianity are feeble attempts. It is why we need the grace of God. It is why we need the Holy Spirit, because we can't even live up to the standard that he set on our own. And so our attempts to do that are feeble, weak, pitiful attempts when we try to do it on our own. And yet some of us have come to the place where we feel like if we conform to a certain standard, then that's going to free us from all judgment of sin and our good is going to outweigh our bad. And then we're just going to like waltz into heaven and be fine. Well, let me tell you, if you know about Jesus Christ being crucified, um, nobody would go through that if they didn't have to. So Jesus Christ was crucified as the punishment for our sins because there was no other way for us to have relationship with God without us having forgiveness of our sins. And so, as I mentioned, the Holy Spirit is a person. He wants relationship and he points us to Jesus. He's not just a power or an influence. The Holy Spirit is how you even understand the gospel. It's foolishness. The Bible says that the, that the gospel is foolishness to the, to the world. Outside of the spirit of God, illuminating your heart, illuminating your mind, the idea of this savior, this co-eternal God, all of this is foolishness to the natural mind. So the idea that we even receive Jesus is a miracle in itself brought about by the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. And the Father draws us through the Holy Spirit, awakening us, illuminating our hearts. But it's very, very, very important that we understand that he's a person. Um, I, I thought that it was interesting how Job says that the Spirit of God has made me the breath of the Almighty gives me life. I think that it's important for us to know some of the things that we may not just pick up from reading all the time. And so the word spirit, whether in Hebrew, which is the language of the primary language of the Old Testament, or in Greek, which is the primary language of the New Testament, what, it was, what they were originally written in, both of the words used for spirit are inter interchangeable with the word for wind or breath. And so in Hebrew, when you see the word spirit, it's the word ruach which also means wind or breath. And so he's saying really the same thing. It's the spirit of God has made me, the breath of the almighty gives me life. Those words really mean the same thing. And it's interesting, you'll see it all throughout scripture how he compares it to breath. And I actually came across this, this quote that I thought was really interesting about how we uh, experience and engage with the Holy Spirit and some of us don't engage, right? So it says this, the experience of the spirit is like the experience of breathing. One is not conscious of it all the time, but if one is not conscious of it, at least sometimes, something is wrong. I want you to just take a deep breath for a second. The word that God describes for his spirit is the same word that he uses for what you experience when you breathe in and breathe out. You can't go anywhere and not find air. Though you can't see it, you can feel it when you go like this, right? You can experience it. You can hear it when the wind blows, but you can't physically see it. When Jesus is describing uh, to Nicodemus, who he says you have to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. And he says this, you have to be born of the spirit. 
not a physical birth. And Nicodemus is, is finding it difficult to understand this concept. And Jesus says, it's like the wind, right? Nobody can see where it's coming from or where it's going. You can't fully understand what's going on, but you can, you can feel its effects though. So it is with things of the spirit. And I believe he's saying that's why we use the same word to compare them. However, how many of us go throughout most of our day, most of our lives, breathing a half, most of the time, 90% of the time, we don't even realize we're breathing. It's just so natural. So it is with the presence of God. He is so involved in our day-to-day life. He is so intricately involved in everything that's going on. He is so present. And yet, many of us are experiencing him. We can feel his effects. He's sustaining us. He's giving us life. And yet, we don't even notice. But what if we could live our lives in a way where we are way more in touch, way more aware of the presence of God. I believe that's what God wants for us. Is that what you would want? Good. I, um, I have mentioned that the, the Holy Spirit is way too wonderful and complex for us to fully explain or fully understand. I also found this other quote uh, that I thought was really interesting. It's by a guy named John Bloom. He says, when we're tempted to cynically question the strangeness of it all, talking about who God is, right? He says, it's helpful to remember that we find all of reality strange the deeper we delve into it. The collective human genius still does not understand things like gravity, human consciousness, and even what matter is at the, summit, at the subatomic levels. Things we experience all the time. It turns out the most important things in life are not simple. They blow our minds. We find reality easier to experience than to explain, both physical and spiritual reality. That's not to say that we shouldn't attempt to explain how the Holy Spirit functions with the Father and the Son. We must, but we can only go so far. The nature of the Holy Spirit is revealed to us, not to dissect, but to receive and embrace and trust and love. And I want to invite you today to open your heart, to open your mind, to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive what God really wants for you, because he actually is the key you've been looking for. And and tonight's message is simply called the key, because I do believe that the Holy Spirit is the key to everything that we're looking for. And though I can't fully explain who he is, none of us can. None of us can fully understand, but there are three essential truths that I want to talk about tonight. Three essential truths about the Holy Spirit. And the first one is the Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ. The Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ. Maybe some of you guys have been trying to figure out how to live this life with Jesus. You've been trying to figure out how this is supposed to work. Maybe you've started a few steps back before you've even gotten to Jesus and you say, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how to live life, period. The Holy Spirit is the key. That's why Jesus came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. He's the key to life. 
And it blew my mind as I was just reading through the scriptures, um, running into if I mean, you could read really the whole Bible and see from start to finish the Holy Spirit involved in everything. That was one of the other points of the other message, the Holy Spirit being the agent uh, that acts on behalf of the Father and the Son. And you see it from the very beginning in the creation story. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of the deep and the earth was without form and void. It says, and then God said, let there be light, right? And things start happening. So what, what was happening is the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, hovering over the waters of the deep, full of potential, full of power, ready to act on behalf of what God speaks. And from that time, he has been intricately involved in all of the affairs of humanity and in everything that God has been bringing uh, into fruition. It's been through the Holy Spirit. And I was reading in the book of Acts because the book of Acts is where the church begins. It's after Jesus resurrects. This is like the first few things that start happening. And it's, it's amazing. The Luke is writing. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. And these are two letters describing first the book of Luke is about Jesus's life on earth and his ministry. Every, all the information that Luke has collected on the life of Jesus. Then he writes the book of Acts um, as another letter to document what happened after Jesus uh, resurrected into heaven and ascended. And he focuses so much on the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. You see in uh, verses one, in chapter one, verses one through two, uh, Luke starts off with, in the first book, O Theophilus, which is who he was writing to, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he's saying that Jesus gave his commands through the Holy Spirit. In verse five, Jesus is saying to his disciples, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse eight, Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Down in verse 15, Peter is explaining uh, that Judas needs to be replaced because Judas had betrayed Jesus. He dies. Now they need a 12th apostle. And Peter, it says that in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Peter also says in, in 2 Peter, his letter, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is everything that's been prophesied about Jesus, everything that's been spoken for thousands of years was spoken by the Holy Spirit the Bible written by the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, man, this was spoken long ago by the Holy Spirit. Now it's coming to fruition by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying that we need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Then in chapter two, verses two through four, after Jesus had promised that they would receive the Holy Spirit, says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. 
and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then as they're doing this, people are gathering like, what is going on? These people are speaking in another language. Some people are like, oh, they must be drunk. And Peter's like, no, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Nobody's drunk. And then he says in verse 36, he says, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both the Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. He's explaining, no, this isn't some random phenomenon that happened because we're drinking. This is the promise that's been fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit spoke long ago. And now he's actually shown up. He's filled us and he's showing us signs, wonders, miracles. He says, it says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ. This is how it started. It started with the Holy Spirit. Jesus focused on pointing us to the Holy Spirit. And as the church was a birth, you and I, the reason why we're here today is because of the Holy Spirit. It started with a group of people sitting in a room and a mighty rushing wind coming through. Wind, spirit, the breath of God coming through and filling them. And then you see the rest of the book of Acts and everything is about the Holy Spirit empowering them to do what they were coming to do. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You desperately need the Holy Spirit. He is the key to life in Christ. He is the key to overcoming your struggles. He is the key to getting free from the bondage that we struggle with He's he's the key to accessing the peace that we're looking for. He is the spirit of Jesus. I wish I had time to go through all the names of the Holy Spirit. It would take all night to truly explain who he is. But I would invite you, I would encourage you to seek him, to study, to find out who he is, because he is the key that you've been looking for. A lot of us have been struggling, man, The the Holy Spirit is our bridge between earth and heaven. He is God himself willing to dwell within us, speak to us, teach us about everything that we need. He is the key to life in Christ. You cannot live life with Christ on your own. Jesus said, he told his disciples not to even go anywhere until they received the Holy Spirit. Where have you been going without the Holy Spirit? Ask yourself, what have you been trying to venture into without the Holy Spirit? What doors have you been trying to unlock without the key? The Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ. Everything that's promised to us by God we experience through his Holy Spirit. Jesus, all of his ministry was hinged on the Holy Spirit. It says that the Spirit of God came upon him 
And that's what empowered him. Even the son of God. Can you fathom this? The son of God, the second person of the Trinity came to earth and still needed the Holy Spirit. How much more do you and I? You can't even fathom how much you need the Holy Spirit. He is the key to life. But many of our perspective is still so earthly. It's still shaped by the narratives of this world. We're passionate about what the world around us is passionate about. We're guided by, directed by, going in the direction of what everyone in the world is guided by and going in the direction of. And yet we have access to the divine, the mind of God, the spirit of God. And how many of us aren't even making an attempt to engage with him and to access him? I believe that it's because a lot of us just don't even know. We, like, we're starting to be awakened to it. And that was really my goal for the night. My prayer was just that we would be awakened to the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not that we'll even grasp everything about who he is or everything that he offers, but that we'd be awakened to the need for him in our lives. Because our lives mean nothing without him. I mean, everything that God destined for you to do, he created you with a purpose, intent. But there is a key to unlocking what God has created you for. It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus needed the key. Can you think about this for a moment? Jesus could not do what he was created to do without the Holy Spirit. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which is unfathomable all in itself. Yet he still needed the Holy Spirit to rest upon him, to empower him to do what he needed to do. You and I, the Holy Spirit is the key to our lives. We need relationship with him. The second point is the Holy Spirit is the key to all truth. All truth. Truth is a word that's thrown around like crazy nowadays. But there is such thing as an absolute truth. There is such thing. It, truth, it's, it's inherent in the definition of the word. Truth is not subjective. There is either truth or not truth. If there are multiple truths, there is no truth. If there are multiple truths, there is no truth. It's inherent in the definition. There is only one truth, and the key to that truth is the Holy Spirit. You and I can't access it in our, in our physical minds. It just doesn't work. We go based on our experiences. We go based on popular opinion. We go based on what sounds good to us. But the Holy Spirit was around way before us. The Holy Spirit is the one who was hovering over the earth before it even came into form. You're talking about the, the God who, who put the stars in the sky and he says he calls them each by name. And we can't even trace where all the galaxies lead. We can't trace the size of the universe. And you're talking about there's a God who formed it and can call every star by name. And, and this is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, all God himself, that we can live life with. He says he'll dwell in us. And yet for some reason, something in our minds still will feel like we can figure this out. 
we feel like the most intellectual minds in the world have somehow surpassed the knowledge of God. We'll feel like, oh, this book was written 2,000 years ago. Surely the greatest minds of today have figured out a little bit more. Really, the greatest minds that were created by God. The greatest minds that were created by God have somehow surpassed the God who created them in their understanding. It doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit is the key to all truth. In fact, Jesus says in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, another name for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Notice he doesn't say it. He says he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And we see this happen from the Old Testament to now. Even Peter was saying how how everything was prophesied through the Holy Spirit. It's the nature of God. He wants to reveal things to us. He wants to share with us things that are to come. He wants to guide us into all the truth. He's the cheat code. You think the world, pull up your weather app and tell me how accurate it is. And then tell me how the same people are telling us how to live life and what's coming next and what needs to happen when we can't even tell you if it's going to rain tomorrow or not with all the technology in the world, right? And yet, it's put out there like it's a promise. Yeah, it's gonna rain tomorrow, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's definitely gonna rain at this time. You prepare, no rain. Yet the Holy Spirit, listen, that does not happen with God. God does not make mistakes in his foreshadowing. When God says something that is going to happen, it's going to happen. And so we can't get pulled into the narrative of the world that is trying to shape our understanding of where things are going, of where things should go, of where we've come from, of any of these things. Because modern popular opinion, I don't know if you've looked at history, but modern popular opinion is not always right. In fact, most of the time it's not because we're imperfect, we're humans, and truth is only accessed by the Spirit of God. Truth is only accessed by the Spirit of God. Some of us are looking for answers and the answer is very simple, very simple. The truth is found with God. The Holy Spirit is the key to all truth. It's not found in books, classrooms, popular opinion, intellect, or any other source that we are familiar with. He carries the direct thoughts of God himself and is willing to share that with us. He's the spirit of divine wisdom. In fact, in Isaiah 11, verses two through three, it says, and the spirit, it's talking about Jesus, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of, note, 
See how it describes the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, which is power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall not shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. How many of us are judging by what our eyes see and what our ears hear? And yet scripture is saying that God himself will come to earth and will not judge by what he sees or what his ears hear, but he will make his decisions based on the leading of the spirit of God. You and I are called to the same thing. If we are not living that way, we are not living like Christ. And if Christ is who we are following, then we're missing something. This is what it means to follow Christ, to be a disciple. If you haven't read this book, I highly suggest it. Our uh, founding pastor, Pastor Dennis Rouse, wrote a book called 10 Qualities That Take You From Being a Believer to a Disciple. 10 qualities that take you from being a believer to a disciple. And he makes the distinction between someone who believes and a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, not just someone who believes in Jesus, because we'll live differently based on the two. But if you're following Jesus, then you need to be led by the same spirit that he was led by, especially if that's what he's offering to you. Now it's starting to make sense why he would say that he's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit because we can't do what he did. We can't live how Jesus lived without the spirit that empowered him to do it. Catch it. You are trying to follow Jesus, but Jesus didn't do it on his own. Jesus needed the spirit of God. He didn't judge by what his eyes saw and what his ears heard like many of us are doing. And that's a tall order to not judge by what your eyes see and not decide things based on what your ears hear. That means there needs to be an inward voice that we're tapped into that's going to supersede what our eyes are seeing and what our ears are hearing. That's a tall order. That sounds like craziness to a lot of people. But Jesus changed the world. Jesus did the impossible. Jesus superseded what was possible, operated in the supernatural because the Holy Spirit is the key to all of that. And he's the key to all truth. And if you think that you can acquire truth without him, you're mistaken, you're deceived. It's not truth. You have information. Not truth. And there's a difference. Anybody can have information, great information, Look at how many books exist in the world. There's tons of information, endless information. How how much of it is life-giving? How much of it will secure your soul for all of eternity? How much of it can explain what happens to you when your body dies? Which is the question that looms in the back of every human's mind. Only the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the access, is the key to all truth, the Holy Spirit. So have you been led by the spirit in what you consider truth or does your truth mirror the world around you? It's something to examine because the world and all its desires, the Bible says, are passing away. It's fading, it's fading, it's fading, it's fading. Think about it. I mean, thousands of years passing by. This world is fading away. And everything that we hold high 
and dear is passing away. And this is why Jesus came to give us eternal life because he can see the bigger picture of all of eternity and wants us to experience eternity, not have the current life we have snatched away and then have no life for all of eternity. He's the key to all truth. And it's so important that we're led by him in our decision-making so that we can be led by the truth. Last thing is the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who genuinely receives Jesus Christ. Everyone. So the Holy Spirit is the key to life in Christ and life period. The Holy Spirit is the key to all truth. And the Holy Spirit is available to everyone who genuinely receives Jesus Christ. That is the beautiful thing. He came so that we would receive the Holy Spirit. In, uh, in Acts 2, 16 through 18, Peter is quoting, he's explaining to everybody what's happening and he's saying, look, what you're seeing, how everybody's behaving and the supernatural things that are taking place, what you're seeing is what was spoken long ago by the Holy Spirit. He says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Say all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This was a prophecy about the future because that wasn't the truth yet. Only the prophets were prophesying. You're talking about the prophet Joel who wrote the book of Joel. I mean, the people who who were prophesying are the people who were writing scripture. It wasn't just your everyday walking down the street. Hey, the Lord shared this with me today. That's not how it was working. God was pointing to a time where we would all have access to his Holy Spirit And it's a beautiful gift that was only available through Jesus Christ. He's saying in those days, in the last days, that's now. Now. Can you believe that? We are living in what God called the last days. Because he said that this is when this would happen. And so if it's happened and it started 2,000 years ago, where are we now? In the last days, I will pour my spirit out upon all people. They couldn't even understand really what this meant. Who knew the beauty of the gospel that was going to unfold, that God himself would step out of heaven, live life as a human, be born to a virgin, live life until 33 years old, a sinless life, and be crucified on the side of a Roman road on a hill, Laughed at, mocked, scorned, beaten to death. Then die and then get up out the grave. Amen. Who knew? And that would be our access to God himself dwelling with us, giving us access to everything that he has. The mind of God himself, the voice of God himself that we would be able to receive who he is 
And he's saying that in these days, all people, that's you and me, when we receive the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sins, we can receive the Holy Spirit. That's what he came for. That's what the gospel is about. Forgiveness of sins so that we can have access to God himself. And uh, I wanted to share this, this story. I, I didn't know that if I would ever share this or not because it, re- it was really an interesting thing and I didn't even fully what was, understand what was happening at the time. It's just a testament to the fact that God is real and he reveals himself in different ways. I was at um, a men's conference. It was actually, wow, I didn't think about it. This was actually right when we finished the last series about the Holy Spirit. That just hit me because this was September 2019. And we did that series from August into September of 2019. And this was was right towards the end. I was at this conference and uh, the pastor who is actually one of my mentors, phenomenal guy. And He's preaching and he's like, you know what? And it's just guys in the room and we're away on this retreat. And he's like, you know what? Um, I just felt like God was telling me like, we need kind of like a fire drill in this moment in the sense that like, what would we do? And this is before Elevation even made a song about it. He's like, what would we do if Jesus walked into the room right now? He was like, if Jesus Christ, God himself came through those back doors right now, what would your response be? Go. (laughs) And worship breaks out. Not the band comes out, but just everybody just starts worshiping God. And some people are just crying out. I mean, really, like, if God walked through the back doors, like, what the response would be. And I'm on my knees, and all of a sudden... I start hearing this sound. And I thought it was a plane going over the the building we were in. And it was going for a really long time. Like, imagine this. Imagine if like an enormous plane was flying right over this roof. How loud that would be. You ever hear a plane going over your, your house? And it's kind of far. I'm talking about close. Like, close, super loud. And so everybody's like worshiping and stuff and I'm on my knees and then I get up like this. I'm like, why would a plane be coming over the roof right now? Like what's going on? And then it didn't stop. It was just going as everybody's worshiping all this stuff and it's just loud. And so then I'm looking around. Now, mind you, I'm kind of taken out of the moment. This is how loud it is. I'm, um, I'm looking around and I'm like, are they playing something through the speakers? I'm so serious because I'm just like, this is strange. Like, what is this? Like, it was like deep and loud and like a Gulfstream jet flying over this roof and then not stopping. Like, it's just hovering there. And I'm like, are they playing something through the speakers? Like, are they trying to make this like a vibe? This is like a thing. 
And I'm looking around and I'm like, why is nobody else saying anything or looking around? Like, what is going on? And I'm just like, okay. Confused. And then when he calls for it to stop, everybody stops, sound goes away. And afterwards, I'm still like, you know, one of the worship leaders, you know, him and I had been kind of connecting. And I'm like, bro, did you hear that noise? Like, I feel like I'm tripping right now. But did you hear? It sounded like there was like a jet going over the building. And he's like, no, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, really? And, um, and it really didn't click for me like that because I'm now, if you know my personality, I am not the type of person to reach for spiritual experiences. Um, if anything, that's why I'm asking, because I'm not about to just go and be like, Hey, look, everybody, like, this is what happened. I'm asking like, nah, I know somebody clearly there's an explanation for this. And I'm asking, and I even, I even asked the pastor actually months later, we were talking, I'm like, I'm trying to explain this to him because I was like, oh yeah, you know what? When we were uh, doing the conference and you called like that fire drill thing, like I heard this crazy loud wind over the building. It was like, I thought that it was either coming through the speaker super loud. I thought there was like a technical malfunction or something. Like maybe it's just a bunch of static. I can't tell what's happening. And he's like, nah, I didn't hear anything. And like I said, I'm just now realizing it was literally right after I got done teaching on the Holy Spirit. Um, but I'm sharing that to say that God is real and that the Holy Spirit is real. And what we read about people experiencing, like you're talking about if I read hey, and there was suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And then I experienced that as we're crying out to God, worshiping God. He's real and he's available to us. He'll show up. When, when Jesus resurrected, he's, he's, he's with his disciples and he says, he shows up to them as they're gathering because they're scared. He shows up to them and he says, peace be with you all in John 20. And it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them, the breath of God. And I believe he wants to do that for each and every one of us, whether we've experienced it before, whether we haven't, whether we're in the building, whether we're online. We see accounts all throughout scripture of people receiving the Holy Spirit in different ways. Some people are having hands laid on them. Some people, while, I mean, Peter's preaching to a group of people who weren't even believers yet. They haven't confessed their faith. They hadn't been baptized yet. And they become baptized with the Holy Spirit. They start speaking in tongues. There's no formula to some of this stuff, even though the response is clearly repent, be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But man, I, I just wanna read that passage from Acts one more time where he says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. That is what I experienced. Like to the point that I couldn't just sit there and pray anymore because it was just so loud. And I imagine that's probably like what they experienced where they're saying suddenly it came this sound that was rushing through the place and it filled the entire house and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I believe that's available for each and every one of us. Um, and it's very simple. In response to the gospel, Peter says these three things in, in Acts 2.38. He says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's three steps. Those are three things that I just want to pray for us about. If you'll stand to your feet, I want us to have an opportunity to experience all that God has for us. And I don't believe this has to be the, the result of anything, or I don't believe this can be the result of anything except a genuine experience with God. But I believe that God wants to give us a genuine experience with who he is. And he says that there are three steps after we these people were cut to the heart, like, oh my gosh, this Jesus we've crucified was actually God himself. And how many of us can feel like, oh my God, this Jesus that I've discarded, this Jesus I haven't paid attention to, this Jesus I've ignored is actually God himself, my savior. He died for my sins. What do I do? He says, repent. Repent means to turn to him, to allow him to change the way that you think, to submit yourself to him. And I believe undoubtedly, whether you're watching online or you're here in the building, there's, there's some people in here who need to pray a prayer of repentance, who need to take an opportunity to turn to God, who have maybe been seeking fulfillment in other places, who have maybe been seeking keys, other keys, and he is the key to life. He is the key to all truth and he's available to you. And so, man, if that's you today, if you're saying, man, I want to turn from the direction that I'm going and I wanna to turn to Jesus and I wanna receive this gift that he's promised me, this gift of his Holy Spirit, where I can hear his voice, where I can be led by him, his spirit of wisdom and of understanding and of counsel and of power and of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. All these things can rest upon me, the wisdom that I need, I can have from his spirit. I can have a new level of understanding. I can have a new level of power that I walk in. I can have power over my, over my sin, over my shame, over my weaknesses. The Holy Spirit can empower me. You're saying, I want to turn to him. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. And I, and I really believe that this is, a, this is a prayer that a lot of us need to pray. Maybe you're like, oh, no, I've already repented. I had to repent as I was studying for this message just for not really grasping this like I should have before. I'm like, I'm grasping this in a new way. God, I haven't been relying on you like, like I could. You're talking about the spirit of God himself that is available to me. Lord, you want a level of relationship with me that I don't even have yet. And I want to turn from anything that I've been doing my own way, any answers that I've been coming to myself, anything that I've been trying to do by my own flesh, because Jesus says that the flesh is useless, it's meaningless, it's powerless. It can't do anything for you, but the spirit gives life. And so I wanna pray this prayer over you. 
for you to receive. And there are some parts of it that I want you to say. Ah, Father, I thank you for your gift of salvation. I thank you that you desire a relationship with me. I thank you that you know me, that you care for me, that you wanna wash me clean and receive me as your child. I turn away from my old way of doing things. I turn away from being the leader of my life. I turn away from my own truth, from my own authority, from my own power to receive your truth, your authority, and your power. I thank you that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and died a gruesome death to offer himself as a sacrifice for my sins, for my rebellion, for my turning away from you. I receive his sacrifice. I receive his forgiveness. And I invite you to be the leader of my life. I give Jesus Christ my everything, my all, my body, my mind, my spirit. I commit them all to Jesus for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. it says repent and be baptized and I want to encourage you we actually have baptisms coming up as a church on May 2nd that's coming up you can visit connecttovictory.com to sign up for that Um, and look if you've been questioning like I don't know if I should get baptized maybe I got look (laughs) if you prayed a prayer of repentance if you have genuinely repented Now's the time to be baptized. Now's the time to be baptized. It's important. It's, 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 it's a command by God, and it's a gift from God. He says that in baptism, we are buried with Christ in his death, and then we're raised to new life in his resurrection. He says, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to pray that prayer over each and every one of us, that we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes, sign up to be baptized, but there are many of us who have been baptized and maybe haven't been living in accordance with the Spirit. Maybe we haven't received. Look, wherever you are, 
we see throughout scripture God revealing himself and giving his Holy Spirit in a myriad of different ways. And I just believe that God wants us to have more of him. And so I wanna pray for that. And if, and if you're wanting to receive that, I invite you to just lift your hands. Father, we thank you that you are alive. Lord, and when we call on you, you respond. You said all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And Lord, you also said that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire and that Jesus himself would baptize us, that Jesus would breathe on us just like he breathed on his disciples. And then he breathed on that 120 people in that room with that mighty rushing wind representing the breath of God affirming that he was breathing on them to baptize them, to cover them, to submerge them in his spirit. Lord, I pray that you will do the same for everyone who's willing tonight. Lord, that we would receive your Holy Spirit, your gift of your Holy Spirit, the person of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to dwell within us, to lead us, to guide us, to cover us and clothe us with power, Lord, to live the life that you've called us to. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in our lives fully. And we know that the key to that is your Holy Spirit. So I speak right now the baptism of your Holy Spirit that comes only from you, that comes only from heaven. For every willing heart in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.